No, I think we need to stand up, Alex. I think we need to, you know, start pushing back. We need to start telling people that, you know, if they can control our bodies and tell us what we have to put in our bodies, then we've, you know, not only just lost our, this one little battle, but we've lost the whole war. Welcome, everybody, to Conversations That Matter. We have a very special guest joining us today. Uh, the government says he's a criminal. Uh, his name is Dr. Kirk Moore. He is a plastic surgeon. He's based in Utah. He's been practicing for decades. And uh, during the COVID, whatever you want to call it, uh, I became concerned. Of course, we were concerned here. We were interviewing uh, doctors and leading scientists from around the world saying that we were being lied to about the COVID. And then when the injection came out, that this injection was deadly and dangerous and that people shouldn't be taking it. Of course, our, our Surgeon General here in the great state of Florida, Dr. Joe Latipo, has now come out and said nobody should be taking these things. But of course, that was not the narrative at the time. And uh, so Dr. Kirk Moore is being accused by the federales of uh, basically profiting from uh, giving out fake vaccine cards to people who didn't actually get the vaccine. And uh, he insists he is not guilty, that he did nothing wrong, that this was an effort to protect his patients from basically losing their livelihoods, their lives, their ability to, to do the things that they needed to do. Uh, Dr. Moore, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. So uh, give us your side of the story. The government says you're a, a terrible criminal and you've been uh, selling vaccine cards to people who didn't really get vaccines. Uh, what really happened? Uh, well, that's uh, all of that's false. Uh, I didn't sell any cards. I didn't sell any information. I gave uh, one of the one of the interesting things in medicine these days. I actually gave my patients informed consent. Um, How dare and, you? <laughs> you know, yeah, kind of like you know. And 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 then on top of that, I abided by my oath. You know, and I'm not going to you know, first do no harm, right? So um, I I was I started in 2020 treating COVID patients. Uh, nobody else would treat them. Uh, people were going into the hospital, urgent care centers, seeing their primary care docs, and you know, and then they were coming to me. I treated all my family, friends, staff, and they heard about me treating people, and so they would come to me. And so I started off with that, and through 2020, treated about 800 or 1,000 people um, for you know COVID, um, and then that led into the whole vaccine stuff at the end of 2020. So if you don't mind me asking, and I know every patient is different, obviously, but uh, we've had a lot of doctors on this program here. We had, of course, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, you know, we've uh, all kinds of, of the greats have come through here. And they told us early on that they were seeing remarkable success with things like uh, ivermectin, uh, things like uh, hydroxychloroquine and zinc and vitamin C, vitamin D. Of course, uh, YouTube, the fascists at YouTube won't let you say those things. Uh, but uh, how are you treating these patients? And was that different than, say, the uh, the government approved protocols that Dr. Fauci eventually ended up deploying across America? Um, no, I was treating them all with the same treatments. You know, Dr. Zev Zelenko was one of the first, first people that I, you know, started to follow and looked at his protocol. And then uh, Pierre Corey and, and uh, Paul Merrick came out with uh, their protocol. And um, I, it was extremely successful. I, I never had one patient go to the hospital. I never had one patient die. Um, and, you know, I probably, like I said, I treated 800 to a thousand people during the course of this whole, you know, pandemic. Again, I'm not a family practice guy, so I don't, I don't see a lot of, you know, people for that. I, you know, I operate on, you know, cosmetic patients and, um, but those are the people that were coming to me and then their friends and family would come to me as well. So, but yeah, it was kind of standard protocol. 
Fascinating. Yeah, we had all those men that you just mentioned. Great, great men. Uh, We've had them here at the New American. And uh, early on, they were telling people that this, you know, this was working for them. Uh, Dr. McCullough had done this giant group of people down in Texas. And uh, what he found was that virtually all of them were ending up totally fine just using these protocols. Dr. Merrick, uh, uh, Dr. Pierre Coria, you know, all those people were saying these things. And of course, their results were uh, later proven to be uh, correct. And I think a lot of people are now finally recognizing that very belatedly, despite the massive censorship that we all uh, endured as a result of that. So, um, Dr. Moore, uh, obviously, the uh, the vaccine was then released uh, towards kind of the uh, the beginning of 2021. Uh, our, our family was personally impacted by this, um, as, as regular viewers of this program know. Uh, it was a horror show. Uh, what caused you to be suspicious? I mean, wh- why did you not go along with the narrative and just, you know, think that this uh, injection was the best thing since, since sliced bread and just start sticking it into everybody's arm? Uh, well, um, I had a, uh, I personally had a vaccine complication back in 1989 from a hepatitis vaccine. I get shingles from it. So I've been a little skeptical of the whole vaccine program to begin with. Um, uh, my kids got partially vaccinated. Uh, my son has only had one vaccine in his life. And then when I started seeing that, hey, we've been trying to get a vaccine for AIDS for 40 years and haven't been successful at doing that. And then all of a sudden they're going to have a vaccine for a common cold virus, you know, in less than nine months. Um, I just I, I, and, and there was, you know, absolutely to me, obviously no way that this thing could have been success. I mean, could be studied properly, you know. No teratogenic studies, no mutagenic studies, you know, no study, no long-term studies. Certainly, I mean, how can you have a long-term study when you're putting something out in less than nine months? And then, you know, no, no short-term studies. Um, and then when the people started, you know, when the studies weren't available for us to even look at, we couldn't read the studies, we couldn't find the data, and then they wanted to hide it for 75 years. It just the whole the whole thing just stunk to high heaven to me. Yeah, and and obviously you're not alone. Um, many others came to similar conclusions about this. Uh, so you you made a decision, I guess, at some point to uh, to not go along with the narrative. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, you're you're in the middle of a federal case right now. I, we understand that you can't speak totally frankly and and openly on these issues. But um, you know, what did you do? You know that that you're that you're able to talk about. I mean, obviously, patients were coming to you. People were asking for help. Um, what went through your mind and what did you decide to do uh, to try to help these patients as, as you best understood how? Well, again, I, you're right, Alex, and, you know, got to be careful kind of, you know, from a legal perspective um, at this point. Um, you know, I, I just like I had patients coming to me for COVID treatment. I had patients coming to me for vaccines. I had uh, become a vaccine clinic. And so I was able to provide vaccines, you know, for people. Um and, uh, and they would come to me and um, they would, you know, present for a vaccine. And so I would have a discussion with them and uh, treat them and send them out with a card. So uh, talk about the Hippocratic Oath. I mean, I, you know, I, I've seen more and more now. I just saw a video of Columbia uh, Medical School graduates talking about, you know, yeah, systems wow. of oppression. And like, oh, my goodness, really. Right. Uh, but talk about the Hippocratic Oath. I think there are a lot of people who don't even know what that means. Uh, what is, in, in your view, the obligation of a doctor, of a medical professional when it comes to treating patients? 
Well, I mean, everybody's heard of the, you know, attorney client privileges where the you know, attorney can't say anything about your, you know, about your case. And, and the same thing goes with medicine. You know, you tell your doctor something and it's supposed to be between you and your doctor. Um, and the doctor's obligation is to first do no harm. That's the that's the Hippocratic Oath in a nutshell. Um, and I'm supposed to intervene and treat people, give them informed consent, tell them what, uh, what the options are and not harm them. Um, and so that's kind of essentially what my, what I abide by and what I have for the last 30 years. Fascinating. All right, folks, we're going to go to break real quick. When we get back, we'll continue with Dr. Moore, talk a little bit more about what happened, what is happening, what the federal government is hoping to achieve here. Stay with us. Sophia paused before the door. It read department of biodigital convergence. Just inside was a new world, a better world. The one of everlasting life of no pain, of no loss, of no problem. She entered the chamber and her surroundings changed. She saw around her an infinite field of waving golden grain surmounted by cloudless blue sky. The AI voice whispered gently in her mind, Welcome to the singularity. She couldn't see it and couldn't feel it, but her body had almost instantly been covered by a swarm of tiny gray multi-legged bots that melted through her clothes and into her skin. Not perceiving the nightmare, her eyes had already been consumed and the rest of her body was dissolving as the bots digested her flesh. She felt only a warmth suffusing her being. Drowsy, she drifted to sleep, and her last thought was one of panic. Would she ever wake? Could a nightmare vision like this be an outcome of the much-hyped transhumanist technological singularity? Enter the world of the future as illuminated by the experience of the past in Endgame. The new book by Dennis Barrett, the publisher of the New American Magazine, and find out how the disastrous COVID pandemic response fits with the technocratic elite's thirst to create a transhumanist utopia. Get Endgame from shopjbs.org with free shipping with code ENDSHIP, E-N-D-S-H-I-P. Or get Endgame and the Great Reset Collector's issue of the New American Magazine and get free shipping plus an additional 20% off both with code N20, E-N-D-2-0. Uh, Dr. Moore, uh, I want to know your views on this injection. Now, obviously, uh, a lot of new information has emerged. Uh, we've had uh, uh, Ed Dowd on uh, The New American a number of times talking about this incredible surge in uh, all-cause mortality, even among the healthiest, you know, prime working age Americans. Uh, we had, uh, as I mentioned earlier, our state surgeon general here, Dr. Joe Latipo, our top health official in the state of Florida, come out and say nobody should be taking these things. And yet every time you log into social media, you see the CDC, World Health Organization, they're using our tax money to buy ads telling us to get our what is it, 18th, 19th, 25th booster. Um, what are your views on, on these injections? Have, what, what have we seen as more and more evidence comes out? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you're living in a cave somewhere and you don't have any kind of television, internet. I mean, I I, I think even the, the the rats and the mice are running. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's crazy. The, the the data and the science that's coming out, um, you know, is, is astounding to me. And it's actually a threat you know, threat to all of us, threat to humanity. Um, and, you know, you you literally have to be completely ignorant to not see what's coming out and to see that this is, you know, these injections are killing people and they're maiming people. Um, and uh, the, the, the long-term uh, implications and everything else are, are, are just, we don't even understand that right now. So um, we should not be given any of these shots. They should be taken off the market immediately. And we should start treating the vaccine injured patients. 
Um, we should start trying to figure out how it is that we can intervene and try to treat some of these people. Some of them have been severely, severely injured um, and still suffer on a daily basis. And we are, and we just completely ignore them. I mean, we, you know, we just not only ignore them, but we chastise them, tell them that they're, you know, lying and, and, you know, on television and social media, they're being completely disparaged and, uh, and, and, and gaslighted to the extent that, I mean, that, that some of them are committing suicide because of it. And, and that's a, that, where did, where did we lose our humanity is where I would come. That's the big question to me is where did we lose our humanity? Yep. It's, it's so true what you say, Dr. Moore. In fact, I know several people who are very close to me uh, have been uh, seriously injured by this thing. In fact, we've had multiple guests on this program, including nurses uh, who we just had a couple of weeks ago, a, a nurse who was just completely debilitated. She, she now needs 24 uh, seven care uh, because she took this injection uh, and then she reported this to VARES and VARES took it out. Somehow the, the report disappeared right. out of VARES. But we all we've all seen the VARES numbers, um, massive number, thousands and thousands of people dead after taking these injections, tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands uh, injured. So how, in your view, should these uh, people who have been injured be treated? Uh, are you aware of any uh, protocols that might be helpful? Uh, do you have any thoughts on how people who've been injured by these things can be dealt with? Well, I think, um, you know, uh, FLCCC has a protocol out now. I think they were the first one to actually put something out. I, I think that ivermectin is, a, is is still useful. I mean, that the spike protein um, is now, your body has now become a spike protein. And so in order to, you know, in order to prevent any further damage, I think that, you know, that's a useful tool. It's not going to work for everybody. Um, I think everybody is damaged differently, just like some people are neurologically damaged. Some people have kidney damage. Some people have uh, cardiac damage some cardiovascular damage, strokes, you know, those kinds of things, all kinds, you know, people have, have been responding to this in different ways. And so I think you have to kind of really tailor their treatment, um, you know, to what it is that they're, you know, what it is they're, they're seeing the neurological deficits and the neurological complications that we're seeing on this are they, they run the gamut, they run the spectrum and it's, you know, diagnosis, people are diagnosing them with Parkinson's and diagnosing them with Alzheimer's or early onset Alzheimer's and, you know, and everything else. I mean, it, it's really, there's no diagnosis for it. It's a post vaccine and neurologic injury. And because we don't even know what's in the vaccine, we don't know how it's affecting our tissues. Um, it's going to be a hit or miss and a trial and error, um, you know, process. And there's going to have to be a lot of studying. Nobody's putting any money into it. It's it, nobody's studying it. Nobody's looking at it. Everybody's just kind of, you know, it's the ostrich syndrome. Just stick your head in the sand and hope it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, you're not the only one being targeted here for, for speaking out, for doing things. Of course, Dr. Naputi, who I've spoken to several times, they're coming after him for, I think, half a trillion dollars or something unbelievable yeah. like that. Um, for vitamin D. Right. Yeah. How dare he uh, recommend vitamin D? Uh, and and yet, uh, you know, in speaking to people, I, I just spoke with uh, Dr. Paul Alexander um, last week. He was uh, HHS advisor during the COVID, uh, trying yeah. to battle Fauci and Burks from the inside. Uh, and one of the things he said to me is that all, all these criminals who are the real criminals are still running around. They need to be prosecuted. Um, you know, I, I think probably in the long run, people like you and others, at least if civilization survives, are going to be vindicated. But what are your views on on justice? Right. We have this massive justice department bureaucracy. Um, as, as I mentioned, they're targeting not just you, but also other doctors who who went against the narrative. Um, what what would real justice in your view look like? Oh, boy. Um you know, I, I, I think these people that are pushing it and that have continued to push it should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. The problem is, is that we have a corrupted political system. We have a corrupted justice system. 
you know, if you're not, if you're not left leaning, then, you know, you, you get a dual tiered, you know, treatment. Um, you know, you're seeing that with, you know, with the post January 6th, the quote unquote insurrectionists, you know, that are still in jail. I mean, we have people that have been in jail for two plus years. I mean, since when does, has our country been a kind of, uh, since when do we have political prisoners? It's just, uh, it's amazing to me how far, you know, we've deteriorated as far as, you know, from, again, from a humanitarian perspective. Yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, Dr. Moore, um, you, you have a give, send, go. Um, you have uh, some other things. Uh, if people wanted to learn more, follow you, support you, um, you've got a website, I guess, standformore.com, but uh, wh- where should people go to learn more or, or get involved? Yeah, so standformore.com is kind of a central location, but we have a Telegram channel where we post all of our interviews. You'll be on there shortly. Um, and, uh, you know, so we try to keep people updated in terms of kind of my media appearances and where we are and what I'm, you know, what we're, you know, what we're doing on a day-to-day basis as much as possible. Um, our Give, Send, Go is, uh, you know, Stand For More as well, or the link is on our website. Um, and then it's posted periodically on our Telegram channel as well. We're on the social media uh, you know, the, the whole gamut, um, Instagram, Twitter, everything, understand for more. Excellent. Dr. Moore, final thoughts before we let you go? No, I think we need to stand up, Alex. I think we need to, you know, start pushing back. We, st- we need to start telling people that, you know, if they can control our bodies and tell us what we have to put in our bodies, then we've, you know, not only just lost our, this one little battle, but we've lost the whole war. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, Dr. Moore, thank you very much for joining us today. We sure appreciate it. All right, folks, that was Dr. Kirk Moore, uh, Utah-based doctor. He's been in practice for decades. Um, Federal government's coming after him for allegedly uh, not giving people the injections and and, uh, giving them cards instead. Uh, I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I hope you'll share this out with friends, family, policymakers, uh, congressmen, state representatives whoever is in your area that needs to hear it. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Alex Newman. Go to thenewamerican.com for much more. This is Conversations That Matter. Till next time, God bless you all. If Americans want to remain a free and sovereign nation, more people need to understand the principles and values that built this great nation. At the John Birch Society, we have the organization, the plan, and the resources to do just that. Our founder, Robert Welch, said, Education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to JBS.org to learn more, including how you can get involved to work locally and impact nationally. Join the John Birch Society today.